0: Welcome to Business Beyond the Mic, where we join Carly Van Heerden, CEO and founder of We Edit Podcasts, and her guests as they step behind the mic and deep dive into the business of podcasting. What does it look like to create, launch, and sustain a successful show? How do you find the right guests? And how to successfully build and monetize a podcasting brand? They're uncovering how others got started, unpacking the challenges they faced along the way, the strategies they used, and discovering just how they did it. So you can too. This is Business Beyond the Mic. Together, let's uncover the art of podcasting.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Business Beyond the Mic. I'm your host, Carly Van Heerden. Today on the show, we welcome Matt Lyles. Matt is the Chief Experience Officer of Brand Builders Group, where his role is to bring his passion and expertise to deliver amazing experiences to clients so that they can make an even greater impact on the world. He is also the host of the globally ranked Simple Brand podcast, where he features best selling authors and thought leaders to help listeners simplify their customer and employee experience. Over his 20-plus year career, he's helped brands like FedEx, Southwest Airlines, and the Hands-On Network shape their experience. Most recently, as a keynote speaker and customer experience consultant, Matt has helped thousands of business leaders learn how to deliver experiences that create loyal customers and loyal employees, all through the power of simplicity. During our conversation, Matt shares his incredible story for launching his podcast and how time away in a cabin in the woods was all inspiration that he needed. He also shares some amazing advice for new podcasters starting out and the tools that he used to help him make those initial big decisions. From there, we dive into Matt's process for securing guests for his show, both as a new podcast and several years later now. He also takes us to his strategies for analyzing his podcast metrics and reminds us that qualitative metrics have so much more value in the long run. Matt is truly so generous with sharing his experience. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Matt, welcome to Business Beyond the Mic. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show with me today.
2: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I know you're the man who makes things simple. So I'm excited to get your incredible, accurate, detailed advice. But why don't you start us off by just telling us a bit more about yourself, what you do, your brand, and of course, your podcast.
2: Sure thing. Yeah. Well, so I have had a long career with marketing and branding and customer experience. And I grew such a passion for that, that I decided to leave the corporate world on my own, on good terms, and actually take a lot of the lessons that I was teaching different people in my own corporate environment and teach those lessons to lots of other business leaders around what it means to create a customer experience that drives loyal customers but also loyal employees and my belief is that it's a simple experience that drives loyalty with yes. both of those groups that's my focus area is simplicity in customer experience simplicity in employee experience mm. So I've been working with a lot of business leaders, you know, coaching and consulting and speaking at speaking events. But then along with that passion, yeah, I decided to create my own podcast around it and I called it the Simple
1: Brand Podcast. Obviously, that is just so fitting. (laughs) And I would love to dig in a bit more and why you launched it in the first place. What inspired you to take that next step to be like, this is what's next. It's the podcast.
2: I gotta tell you, in my business, I never, ever had the plan to even have a podcast as part of my business. But I'll take you back a couple of years. <laughs> Go back to April 2020 and remember what the world was like, mm-hmm. April 2020. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were a little bit of a more than a month into a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, at this point, they keep saying just two more weeks, just two more weeks, <laughs> but I've got a feeling like it's going to be a lot longer than just two more weeks. So I went and I drove and I spent, I think, three or four days at a literal tiny cabin in the woods Mm -hmm. in Mont Eagle, Tennessee, by myself with Mm -hmm. books and journals and notebooks and a big whiteboard. And I went through an exercise that I like to call, what does this make possible? The whole world is shut down. What does this make possible? There are lots of different thought leaders, authors, speakers who would normally be traveling, wanting to share their message, and now they're all stuck at home. What does this make possible? And I came to the conclusion that there were a lot of people wanting to get their message out Mm -hmm. that didn't have all the avenues that they would be using, like in-person speaking events, and they would have more time to give to a brand new podcast and say, yeah, you know what, you're a brand new podcaster. I actually do have time to be on your podcast, so why not? And realized it was a perfect opportunity to be able to get access to Some bigger name thought leaders than I would be able to get in regular times. Mm. And so with that, I was able to launch the Simple Brand Podcast, talking mainly to book authors and customer experience leaders and thought leaders.
1: Wow. And that was so totally reflected in the industry too. Like we saw an uptick in podcasters jumping on and doing it and getting their message out there. And you know what a great time to take advantage of that. Now, just thinking back to you saying that you'd never even had the idea of starting a podcast. So what kind of obstacles did you face when you decided this is what we're going to do? And was there anything that was holding you back to begin with?
2: Of course. I mean, as most any podcaster knows, like when you're first launching, you're first creating, you're like, for the most part, I have no idea what I'm doing. How do you even start? What technology do you need? What resources do you need? If I'm creating a guest podcast, what's the type of experience I should be delivering Mm -hmm. for them? What's the format of my podcast? What should the format even be? And I did a lot of research, looked at a lot of different people that had podcasts and a few people that had courses around podcast. And, and I will say that I ended up taking Pat Flynn's Power Up podcast course. And to me, I was so grateful mm-hmm. for the amount of handholding that he did throughout that course because there was like hours and hours and hours of footage around everything you need to do to set up the podcast. But it was all based around options and decisions. So at this point, you've got these options you can choose with your podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, you chose this option. Based on that option, here are your next steps. Here's Mm -hmm. the additional content you need.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's like a mind map flow, right? You can decide or a journey that you choose to to go on. So that's just a great way to structure it and to almost arm yourself for this journey of podcasting. And with all these resources that you had around you, every piece of handholding that you had, was there anything else that you wish you knew before you launched your show?
2: Mm. I would think that the one thing I wished I knew was how to schedule my work in advance. Because I would say for the first six months of the podcast, it was like, okay, I got to find a guest. Now I got to interview him. Now I got to record the interview. Now I got to edit it and put it in the can. Now I've got to launch it out there. Okay. I got that done. Oh, now I've got the next interview going (laughs) up. And so it was just understanding how to get all the processes into a good flow.
1: Absolutely. I talk a lot about streamlining your process so that you're not on the hamster wheel. (laughs) You're not always putting in so much work and then no time to breathe because you have to do it again. So, yeah.
2: yeah. For the guy who preaches simplicity, (laughs) I should have known from the start, you need to make sure it's a simple process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I say, we podcasters, we don't listen to a lot of advice. (laughs) (laughs) like to trial and error things first. (laughs) But I mean, everyone's got their own journey. You figure it out. right? Either way, you get to that end point of creating an incredible show. (laughs) So what were some specific goals that you wanted to accomplish with launching your podcast?
2: I would say a goal that I had that I really have accomplished that I don't hear other podcasters talking that much about was, My goal was simply to build up a network. Mm. So I I had just started a business by myself, solopreneur, primarily around speaking as well. And Mm. I wanted to find and become friends with and become connected with speakers who were at least a few years ahead of me. And so what better way to do that than to reach out to them and say, Hi, would you like to come be on my podcast? That was one of my primary goals. And I actually really succeeded at that. I would say that over 50% of the guests that I've had on my show, Mm. like we're now actual friends who Mm. keep in touch. And a number of these people have connected me with or recommended me to lots of different business opportunities.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Those connections are priceless because you never know, like you're always one person away from the next opportunity, from the next big thing that you have in your life. And I think that's just like such an incredible ode to podcasting, I suppose, for giving us that option, which is amazing. But yeah, other than these incredible opportunities, what benefits have you seen that have sprung up from your podcast?
2: I would say, especially Because of the fact that I paused and took the time to decide what should the format of the podcast be? What Mm -hmm. should the focus be? And tying it to my focus around simplicity, it has been building my brand around simplicity. Mm -hmm. So I will have... People either that are in my network say they're, you know, they're social media followers or sometimes someone who's like not even a follower will like randomly reach out to me because they saw something that relates to a simple experience and they they say, oh, Matt you're the simplicity guy, I think you'd appreciate this. So yeah. really, it's helped solidify my brand around being the simplicity guy.
1: Yeah. No, that's amazing because you've really carved out that niche for you and it helps you give you so much direction too, because you know how to tailor your content, how to even select the guests that you're bringing on to your show because you're focusing on exactly that and helping them bring their own knowledge to your platform, which is great. So then how do you decide on creating that guest experience? Because you say you love the customer experience side of thing. What do you do specifically for your guests who come on the show?
2: Yeah. So if I'm preaching customer experience, then you know that I've got to be (laughs) delivering a great experience and a simple experience to everyone to interact with, especially my podcast guests. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do is I think that I tend to almost over communicate with Mm -hmm. them. Like my goal is to make sure that they have all the information they need to have a good understanding about the podcast itself, who the audience is, who previous guests have been, how their message ties to the format of the show and how it ties to other guests that have been on the show. And then make sure that everything is just a simple experience for them leading up to the interview, the interview itself. But then once the episode is released, making it super easy for them to share the episode or share any social assets, however it fits with their content plans.
1: Mm, Yes. And there's so much value in that communication, not only in making it a seamless experience for them, but also making sure that you have these touch points with your guests so that when they do pop on the interview, it's not like, Oh, hey, you know, nice to meet you. Now you've had some exchanges. It opens up a new level of connection with them. So yeah, I think that is such valuable information and, you know, guidance for our listeners to take to their own shows as well. Well, the other thing that I wanted to touch on with you is how do you Decide on who to bring on to your show. I know you said you started in a time when it was COVID and it was easy to access those guests in the beginning, but what was your thought process behind reaching out to these guests? What was your strategy for finding the right people for your show?
2: Yeah, so I'll answer that with how I approached it at the very beginning and then how I approach it today. Yes. At the very beginning, again, brand new podcaster and not really having made a name for myself or really having my brand out there, I was reaching out to a number of people who had probably not heard of me already. So what I did was I went through the process of outlining like, these are the top people that I would love to have on the show. Mm -hmm. you know, And and some of them were really big names. And then looked at, okay, in my network do I know people who are similar who are connected with them? Okay. Okay. Then those are on the list too. And then kind of added another category that were similar to that and landed on a good dozen or so of people that that I refer to as gettables. Maybe I was already connected with them. Mm -hmm. We had interacted on social media before Mm -hmm. or... I had noticed that they tend to be on a lot of podcasts and so they would most likely want to be on my, or most likely be okay with being on my podcast. So get those gettables Mm -hmm. in there first. Once I had those names, especially if any of them were recognizable names, then reach out to like the next tier of people saying, Hey, these people right here who you may recognize are on my podcast. Wouldn't you like to be on the podcast too? And then kind of building from there, just being able to create a roster of guests that help create or add credibility to the show. Mm-hmm. The fact that I've had these guests on the show should help make it easier for you to want to be on the show as well. Yeah. And then for some of those top names, sometimes they were people that simply didn't respond back. But then there were a couple that responded back and said, hey, I can't be on your show right now. I'm currently heads down on a book or I'm doing this. And whenever someone said that they could not be on the show right now, I was always gracious to them, showing that I'm grateful for their work, grateful for their lessons, grateful for them responding to me and saying, if your plans change, I'd love for you to be able to be on the show. And so there were times where I actually was able to reach back to some of those based on knowing that their timeline has changed. And they came back and said, yes, yeah, thank you. Thanks for reaching back out to me. I'd love to be on the show. That was how I approached looking for guests at the very beginning. Today, it's a mixture. It's a mixture of all the different agencies and all the different (laughs) podcast people that will pitch guests to you the majority of which do not do that great of a job of Mm. pitching their guests. There are probably a couple of agencies that I've formed relationships with just because I know that they've listened to me in regards to here is who my perfect type of guest is, Mm. what they do, what their focus area is. They're focused on customer experience or employee experience. They're either a book author or they've at least done a lot of podcast interviews before. And so that helps to get those. And then because... I tend to have a lot of authors on the show. Every few months, whether it's me, whether it's somebody from my team, will do the exercise of going into Amazon, going into the book section, looking yes. at the coming soon section, yes. and then going through all the different business categories and coming soon and seeing like, okay, like what are the books that are coming out? And then... Do I know any of those people? Oh, yeah. Hey, I know this person. I remember their book from a couple of years ago or this person was on the podcast a couple of years ago. They've got a new book coming out. So that makes it really easy to find guests right there.
1: Well, wow, I would say that is the most amazing strategic, layered, tiered approach. And it's like you're building on top of what you've already laid the foundation to with those gettable guests. And then yes. just moving up from there, which is, wow, incredible advice on that front. And when you're going through, I mean, you're over 120 episodes now. So yeah. <laughs> what type of metrics are you looking at to say... These guests really were great ones to have on the show. This is resonating with my audience, and this is what I need to do more of. Yeah, so there's a
2: couple of things that I really enjoy looking at. And one of the things is looking at traction of episodes Mm -hmm. after the first 30 days. So like first 30 days, most episodes tend to have around some of the same volume It is fun when I see that during that first month, some episodes perform better than others. And I can usually tell because I know that the guest is promoting it more so than other guests. But what I love seeing is when episodes are getting traction after the first 30 days, after the first 90 days. That's when I know that people are like actively going out looking for content, either from the subject matter or from that guest. But then, I honestly, I love the qualitative metrics. And what I mean by the qualitative metrics is when I have people that are in my network, whether they're actual friends or whether they're social media followers, where they will send me messages, send me comments, or actually share an episode without me prompting anyone saying, Mm -hmm. I love this episode and here's the insight, here's the lesson that I got from this episode right here. I love it when followers and friends and people in my network do that. And then another metric that I love or qualitative metric that I love is when people will contact me usually it's someone that I know, or usually it's someone that's a follower will mm-hmm. send me a message saying, Hey, you know what? I've been looking through your episodes and I don't think that I've seen you interview this person. Mm. I think this person is really great. And not that they're connected with them. It's just that they're a fan of that person's work and this thing. Mm-hmm. And they say that, you know, I think that they'd be a really cool guest for you to have on your show. So yeah. just knowing that there are individual people that are out there contacting me with their mm-hmm. thoughts and insights around the show.
1: Mm, Yes. And that's a true sign of that community that engages and not just the audience that listens. And yeah, you love to see those because it's not only encouraging to you because It's more than a number, right? A number can only tell you so much, but an individual who's actually engaging with you, sharing their thoughts, being excited about what you're doing kind of gives you that extra skip in your step to do the next thing, to get another guest on and to, yeah, keep providing the credible content that you're already putting out there. So yeah, I love that.
2: And it helps sometimes when I'm recording the show, like if I've had someone reach out to me, I've got literal names in my head, you know, Mm. like, oh, like, what would Ashley think about this? Or what's Rick going to think about this guest right here? Things like
1: that. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Well, I know we talked earlier about monetization and you haven't monetized up to now, but you have an interesting strategy that I would love for you to share with our listeners and a little bit more about your process of going forward with this option. Yeah. Well, you know,
2: especially for newer podcasters who are in their first year, their first couple of years, when they hear about monetization, a lot of times for the majority of those podcasters, it can be a bit overwhelming because you think, oh, you know what? If I'm going to monetize, if I'm going to have sponsorship, Mm -hmm. most sponsors are looking for this level of volume and, and all these things. And I feel like I'm nowhere near that. Thankfully, you know, something that's happened over a year or two is the introduction of podcast networks. So it makes it a lot easier for newer podcasts or podcasts that don't have that level of volume that they're able to easily work one-on-one with a sponsor, Mm -hmm. be able to join up with a podcast network and still get all the benefits of monetization with that. And so... I've not signed the dotted line yet, but I'm currently you know, in the middle of the paperwork with joining a new podcast network that is a good fit for business, a good fit for marketing, a good fit for customer experience. And it certainly helps to have access to those sponsorship dollars. But then there's also the community aspect mm-hmm. with all the other podcasters that are in that network that help share their tips and tricks and what they do as far as their guest experience or gaining new audience members or dealing with new technology.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That community piece is so invaluable because we often start our podcast to share our stories, help others feel less alone, and then we end up being kind of out here alone on our journey. So yeah, I can just imagine having that network of support in every aspect of your podcast could be so beneficial. So yeah, I'm going to watch this space for you and see how your journey goes and get you with some feedback on that. So that would be amazing to hear that journey. And is there anything else right now that you are working on that is the future for your podcast or your brand and business that you want to share with our audience today? Well, I will
2: say one thing I'm working on right now is I have now taken on new employment I'm still you know, working on my podcast and still working on a few of the other things with my business on the side. But I have a great opportunity and I've just joined an organization that I think you're familiar with. I have just joined Brand Builders Group as their chief experience officer, helping them figure out how they can build on the great customer experience foundation that they've already built, mm-hmm. but then be able to add to that to serve their customers even more.
1: Wow. Well, congratulations on that. We will definitely watching that and seeing you. your incredible input with them. We love them. And yeah, I was a guest on their show too with AJ and it was a that's great right. experience. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, that's amazing. But now Matt, I feel like we should have some fun and get into <laughs> the quick fire four questions. Just Ooh. whatever pops to mind, let's fire away, shall I say? So the first one is, how has podcasting changed the way you do business or life?
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Again, this goes back to creating great friends with people Mm -hmm. that I feel like I would never otherwise be connected with. I've been able to make some great connections and great friends with people around the world, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what are your top three tools or a non-negotiable investment for your podcast?
2: Number one, absolute number one non-negotiable investment is in audio. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you have a good mic and good sound quality because you can have good video, but if you don't have good audio quality, you will tune people out. And thankfully, especially for newer podcasters, you can access good sound quality for a really reasonable price. Mm -hmm. Like like I've used the Audio-Technica ATR 2100 mic.
1: Mm. Well, your voice is great, by the way. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> I you. I love, love it. Any other tools? Or just your mic?
2: That's the first non-negotiable. Other tools? One thing that helps me with my guest experience Mm -hmm. is a calendar system, especially with it being able to make sure that we're on the same page, that they can access the interview. They can provide all their materials through that system and that it sends automatic communications to them leading up to the interview and post-interview.
1: Yes, absolutely. I am becoming the biggest proponent of that right now. So you don't miss your interviews when they're scheduled. There you have it. It can happen, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of those types of fails, were there any big learning lessons that you've had on this podcasting journey?
2: Oh my goodness. You know what, I will say the very first interview that I did, very first interview that I recorded, I thought it was going well and it did go well. And then I thought, okay, the interview is over. Now it's time to hit stop recording. And so mm-hmm. I went to hit stop recording and I mistakenly hit in the whole call. You know. Oh, no. And so <laughs> I was like, what happened? And so I tried to dial back in and I dialed back in. The guest came back on and he was laughing. Oh, he was totally fine with it. He had actually had that happen before. I, apparently I wasn't the only one who's ever made that mistake.
1: Oh, well, I can say the gratitude for kind (laughs) and empathetic guests is priceless.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That always helps.
1: Yeah. So final question, if money or time were not a factor, what would be next for your podcast?
2: Oh, wow. There's two things that I would love to be able to do. One is create a really nice in-home studio and have as much In person interviews as as possible, recording with both audio and video, but Mm -hmm. doing that in person in the studio where I could actually take like a whole day with the guest. Maybe we go out and drive around a little bit in Nashville, go and get some hot chicken, and then come back and have the interview. And we would have spent all day together. So we would have this really good Mm -hmm. comfort level and being able to talk back and forth easily in the same room. That is what i would love to be able to have at some point if money time weren't an issue mm. something else i'd like to do which would require a bit less money would be at speaking engagements i would love to be able to record some live podcast episodes mm. on the stage whether it's interviewing somebody else that's, that's a speaker at the event or having a live q and a with audience members and record mm. that as a live episode
1: Yeah, those are incredible. I think I would be so intrigued to hear that. And this live thing is intriguing to me because I mean, I still have to get into the speaker world. But once you're there, you probably have way less nerves on it. Or would you say you would still be nervous to do these live podcasts?
2: (laughs) I would have some nerves around doing that because that would be a bit different than giving a keynote. You know, Mm -hmm. a keynote something that you spend a lot of time creating and crafting. Being able to do a live interview, knowing that that it's recorded, that's a little bit different. But, you know, I would have some nerves around
1: that. Well, it's a great challenge and something exciting to take on. Matt, it's been so nice to hear your story and thanks for bringing the simplicity to podcasting for (laughs) us so we can all understand it better and know that others are on this journey with us. Is there any other piece of advice you'd love to offer a newbie podcaster or somebody thinking about starting their own show?
2: I will say this, and to me, this applies to most everything, but especially with podcasting. Something I love to tell people is your first is always your worst. So when it comes to starting out as a podcaster, your first episode is most likely going to be your worst episode. Your first is always your worst, but you always get better Mm -hmm. from there. Don't worry about what your first episode or your first few episodes are going to sound like. Just get them out there, get them done and know that you've got the opportunity to improve with each episode over time. And it's going to happen.
1: Yes, totally. Oh, amazing. I love that. But you have to get that first one out to be able to get better. So, I am 100% with you there. <laughs> oh my goodness, Matt. This has been a treasure trove of so much valuable information. So, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today and sharing your podcast story with all of the listeners. Oh, thank
2: you so much for having me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for you and grateful for all your lessons and grateful for our time today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Business Beyond the Mic with your host, Carly Van Heerden. We love having you join us on this journey of uncovering the art of podcasting. If you found value in today's episode, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating or review and let us know what resonated with you or what didn't. Your feedback really helps us make this podcast the best that it can be. And be sure to connect with us across all our social platforms. Join us again next time as we step behind the mic with another amazing guest and dig even deeper to uncover the art of podcasting. Until then, see you next time. This is a We Edit Podcast production.